Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. The question today on the Christian Car Guy Show is, what was your iconoclastic moment? <laughs> Great question, don't you think? Well, if you're like me, the first question is, what in the world is an iconoclast? Ah, that's what I found out this week. And when I did, a whole new world <laughs> of iconoclastic moments unveiled themselves, and they're a huge part of our walk, or as it were, a drive with Christ. In reading C.S. Lewis' A Grief Observed, uh, which was the book or it's a series of notes that he wrote after his wife died, I read this this week. It said, this is C.S. Lewis speaking, my idea of God is not a divine idea. It has to be shattered time after time. He shatters it himself. He is the great iconoclast. And since I read on a Kindle, I held my finger on the word iconoclast in order to get the definition, and it said this. A person who attacks or shatters cherished beliefs or institutions. So let us use our new word, iconoclast, in a very practical story. (laughs) One of my cherished beliefs, as you might imagine, is that I know where I am and I know where I'm going. (laughs) Well, this happened a lot, well, actually a number of years ago when I first moved from Colorado to Charlotte, North Carolina. And we were looking for a fun family trip. So we heard that North Carolina had this amazing zoo and where all the animals were in their natural habitat. It was going to be amazing. And so I asked a friend where, and although I'm sure he told me Asheboro, when I looked at the map of North Carolina, I focused in on Asheville. Well, Asheville is away in the western part of the mountains of North Carolina, while Asheboro is almost dead in the center of the state, almost three hours away from Asheville. Oops. <laughs> And not having any clue, we drove the mountain road nearly two hours from Charlotte to Asheville. And we were shocked when we got there. There were no signs for a zoo. And we stopped at a local convenience store and asked, where's the zoo? I know your ladies are proud of me for that one. (laughs) And the girl behind the counter looked and just she looked perplexed. And she thought for a moment and said, you know, you must mean the nature center. And she gave us directions to the Western North Carolina Nature Center, which does have a few animals. And we drove over there, and we were walking around, and and we stopped back at the office of the Nature Center to inquire, and we said, uh, we heard that North Carolina has this fabulous zoo with animals in their natural habitat. Where is that part of the zoo? Now, I honestly (laughs) don't think the guys have stopped laughing yet because (laughs) they said, you are in Asheville. The zoo is in Asheboro. <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> okay, so God in this story, now we're using our new word iconoclast is in the, in the story. Okay, God has just now played the iconoclast in my life. You see, he shattered my church belief that I know where I am and I know what I'm doing. The big question is now what are you going to do with that? And at this point, I wish I could tell you, I took all this in stride and went on and enjoyed one of the most beautiful places in our state, really. The mountains, the Biltmore, Billy Graham's training center, the Cove. Well, (laughs) that wasn't what happened. I went back brokenhearted. My expectation was to see a zoo, and I drove back to Charlotte feeling 
stupid, stupid and let down. I was, you know. But one more story, so you really get this iconoclastic thing in your mind, because you know where I'm going with this. I want you to call in with your iconoclastic moment, right? Well, as the Christian car guy, one of my cherished beliefs, as you might imagine, is that I know a lot about cars. And after all, I'm the Christian car guy. So yeah, you got to know a lot about cars. Well, one time our uh, Christian mechanic guy, Bill Kratz, was here and he played the iconoclast in my life. (laughs) You know, he's a mechanic, works on cars all the time. And we had this lady call in from Charlotte, actually, interestingly, um, this particular day, and she had this Jaguar. And she went on to describe how she was having this little skip in the engine and it was, you know, going down the round shaking when it would skip and all these things. And so I asked her, well, ma'am, how long has it been? And she had described what year the Jaguar was and all this stuff. And so I asked her, ma'am, how long has it been since you changed your spark plug wires? And at that point, Bill played the iconoclast in my life by saying, Robbie, that model Jaguar doesn't have any spark plug wires. <laughs> And so, yes, you can now see that sometimes I have no idea what I'm talking about. And fortunately, you know, God often allows us to see the error of our ways so that we do not have our foundation built on lies, but built on the truth. So now with all this in mind, what is your iconoclastic moment? iconoclastic moment. God shattered your cherished belief. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. If you're digitally gifted, maybe yours is completely practical or completely spiritual. We'd still love to hear it. Somehow you ended up at a place where you had no idea how you got there and realized your cherished belief was untrue. 866-348-7884. And since we have our good friend Bob with 109U Pullet here, which is, a, a, for lack of a better word, a junkyard. Junkyard. Bro. I love that word. Yes, and, and Some we people are offended by that terminology, but not <laughs> us. But since we have Bob here, you know, many a do-it-yourselfer has had an iconoclastic moment <laughs> there in the yard. They're trying to pull their own parts. And so we have some real money-saving tips, really. There are some money-saving tips you'll hear about how to do-it-yourself some stuff in the yard that you may not have thought through this morning. And again, what better person to help us with that than our very own Christian junkyard guy, Bob. Pretty amazing stuff, brother. I was just thinking about it this week. We've been there. Um, it's right around this time, 17 years ago, we got started over there and there's just been so many people that think that I am just the plethora of car knowledge. And I have to remind them and myself, that I got into the car business on the recycle end. On uh, when I work on one, it's twelve inches tall and never gives any more problems. <laughs> and I have to remind people of that because they're like, "Oh, Bob, what's wrong here or what's wrong there?" I was thinking back on um, one of the very first days we were there. A gentleman came by and asked if we had a '86 Escort tail light. I was so proud because. I went down and looked and found that tail light, and he had said that he'd be back about 5.15 or so. I think I sit there till 6.30. It would have been my first part sale, and uh, I sit there and waited and waited and waited and waited, and I kind of was really disappointed that he didn't come back. <laughs> it just kind of shook me up there a little bit. But uh, 
and often iconic we have iconoclastic moments when it comes to our view of of somebody else and yes sir uh you know people fall and, and the good news is it kind of in in some ways reflects christ's perfection by looking at our imperfections so we obviously going to talk about that there are some really interesting things to think about when you think about pulling your own part that we want to get into at length this morning for example you know you've got your car there and you know you need a starter but you've never pulled the starter out of your car before but you think you can do it well guess what by going down to 109 you pull it you got a car there that you're not messing up your own car because here's a car you're going to pull the starter from yeah, yeah they can practice on our stuff yeah, they and can practice they how to do it when they get to there and not only that there is a plethora of people there that could probably help you if you got yourself in a pinch which that doesn't happen does it bob oh yes sir some people <laughs> will get started and uh you know they they're making progress they're making progress and then there's that one boat that one boat that's just way back there and it's hard to get to and and you know so many people will just do so good for a while and then I can't get this last boat out, you know, and they have to come and ask for help, but, you know, help is available. Yeah, and so often it has to do with a tool that oh, yes, you are not aware that is made for that specific purpose to get to that Specialty place. Specialty tools are, uh, they're just, um, they're such, such a big help. And a lot of times you can take exactly, not exactly the right tool and make it work. But sometimes those results are uh, not not as near as good. And there again, you have the benefit of having people around you who know when that work when you when you got to have that that bully that puller, and when you don't have to have that puller, and how you can come about doing all that stuff. Those are things that we we hope we can talk about today and save you some money. But then coming up at the end of the show. In our appraisal by the real black book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure. Cry out for discernment. Lift up our voice for understanding i have an iconoclastic moment that my wife i know you're shocked (laughs) (laughs) turned out to be the iconoclast in this one and i'm sure for many of our spouses out there that's happened in your life but this really helped me see some things that has to do with first corinthians 10 or second corinthians 10 we're going to get into that in our appraisal by the real black book but right now we need you to call in with your iconoclastic story 866-348-7884, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. So much more Christian Car Guy Show coming up. Stay tuned. what i needed when i went to the zoo i needed the right map what was your iconoclastic moment that's what we're talking today on the christian car guy show god shattered your cherished belief we want to hear your story 866-348-7884 is a number to call in maybe yours is completely practical or maybe it's completely spiritual or maybe it's a funny story in any case we would love to hear it 866-348-7884. And I had another iconoclastic moment in reading a book this week. Um, I have been reading a book by Ann Alts called High from the Sky to Happily Ever After. 
Of course, my first iconoclastic moment was I thought I knew what the title meant. (laughs) 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 And after I'd been reading the book, maybe I got into the third chapter before I realized that the high, Bob, is like God kind of winking at you and waving high. Uh, It's not high from the sky. Not altitude. Yeah, that, that, that. That got shattered. The old bubble popper. <clears throat> but then this week, I was reading this story that Ann talked about fasting. <clears throat> and as this story was related to me and all that was attached to it, I had a cherished belief that I understood fasting. <laughs> and I got in, in another place in C.S. Lewis's book, he said, God always has this other card in his hand that he's going to play on you that just will send you into worship that, wow, I didn't know he had that card. And this is one of those iconoclastic moments for the good where I went, wow, I never knew that. And I was so, so I actually got Ann with us today. I called her yesterday and said, Ann, can you tell that story? Cause I, it's one of the neatest fasting stories on all sorts of levels I've heard. And, and I'm hoping it will bless some of our listeners. Hi, Robbie. Yes, I'm hoping it will, too. I love that word, iconoclast, which actually I didn't really understand until you <laughs> explained it. Me either. It's, it, and don't you find, and I do, that God just loves to uh, blast us <laughs> out of all of our preconceived notions. And, um, you know, we have to be careful. There's also a deceiver out there. But that was one of the reasons I wrote my book, Hi, H-I, from the sky, on the road to happily ever after, because we're not there yet, in case anybody didn't notice. We're on our way to happily ever after. But the point is, you know, God has so many wonderful ways of communicating with us and wants to. That's what's so amazing. And I, I said that his kingdom is the fairy tale that's real. It's the kingdom of believe, not make believe. And he wants to reduce us to that child heart of being careful, again, of what you get into or what you believe, but at the same time, when we get in His Word and we know His Word and we know Him, He just does signs and wonders great and small in our lives if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. So, all of that to say, uh, the book has is full of stories about these types of things, mine and others, who how God loves to communicate with His kids. And that's my heart's desire is to is to get that across. You know, I mean, this is the this is the book of Noah and the flood, the thief on the cross. You know, who didn't jump through any spiritual hoops <clears throat> and all that good stuff. But the point is, one time um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in New York City in 1974 at Child's Restaurant, ironically, and uh, it changed my life in 1974. In 1976, a friend of mine named Luann had just broken up with her boyfriend. I had a big apartment. I was beginning to do commercials and showbiz stuff in New York, and God was my manager. (laughs) So uh, I gave him my life. And Luann came, and she needed a place to stay for a couple of days. She was just shattered, (laughs) kind of class time. And her life was shattered. uh, And I said, oh, come and stay with me in my guest room for a couple of days. Well, she ended up staying a year. She got saved, and it was just marvelous because we had Bible studies with friends, and it was a great time of uh, the handmaidens of the Lord seeking Jesus. It was just, it was like a honeymoon. It was so lovely with Jesus. And so one day we thought we'd do God a big favor and fast for the whole day. <laughs> you know, let's fast. 
you know, let's have a whole day of fasting and seeking God. And that's what we did. And um, little did we know that God in our lives is sort of like screenplays. When you write a screenplay or a story, it's like you set something up and then later he pays it off. So this is one of those times that I look in retrospect, that's what happened. So Luann and I um, decided we were going to fa- we were going to fast, and we had coffee in the morning, <laughs> which gets you going. And it was a marvelous day of praying to God, of singing hymns, of of walking and talking, and just fabulous. Well, problem is, about nine o'clock, we felt in, in our separate times with the Lord in our rooms, we felt God had said, "I'm going to do something special at the last hour." I don't know how we figured that out, <laughs> but. Somehow we put that together. So we figured that by midnight, God was going to do something for us. Didn't know what. And, well, about nine, see, Lou was not a night owl like me. And so she began to fade. Well, I began to fade about 11. And we were both at the point where we were just killing time to get through to 12. We had no faith. (laughs) We were not really expecting anything. And then... Um, you know, Lou was half asleep on the couch. I was on my rocking chair dozing, and I said, okay, we're going to pray. You know, I was doing anything just to get through to 12. So again, we are looking at two faithless handmaidens here. This is not special people. So suddenly, about quarter to 12, as I am muttering this inane prayer, I suddenly say, Luann, and she says, Anne, and we both had our eyes closed. And Robbie... (laughs) This is the only way I can describe this with many, several ways, but like a, a daddy, which always makes me nervous in real life, throwing up his kid and catching him. Um, that was just a sense of that. But it was also like we were aching from fasting, headachy, you know, detox pains. And suddenly <clears throat> it was like I was blown up like a balloon. And inside was this kind of minty coolness, you know, peppermint patty is that, you know, that peppermint commercial, is, you know, that you, she takes a bite and everything lights up and freezes over. Well, it was just this incredible sensation of being lifted up by our holy papa. It makes me emotional. It was being lifted up by our holy papa. And it, there was no pain, Robbie, no um, no fear, no nervousness, well, pure Anne, joy. You, you can't hear the music in the background, which means we got to go to a break. I do. But God had a particular reason for this peppermint patty experience that is going to blow you away. <laughs> when we come back, you get to hear the rest of Anne's story. Plus, we want to hear your iconoclastic moment, 866-348-7884. Bob's got a story or two from the yard, but we need yours. Call us. Today on the Christian Car Guy, you could join the song that never ends by telling how God played that role in your life and showed up and played that card you didn't know he had. We would love to hear your iconoclastic moment, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Of course, we're going to get to some iconoclastic in the yard stories with Bob here shortly, but when we left our hero, Annals, she had written the book, or she, yeah, she has this wonderful book, High from the Sky on the Road to Happily Ever After, which I've been 
reading over the last couple of months because I like to really spend time in a book. And when we left her, she and her friend had had this peppermint patty feast, I mean, fasting experience that is really remarkable. But when you hear the whole story, because again, we were, what's it been, 30 years now? And since that happened? Oh, oh it's been, yeah. I mean, since that was 1976. Okay. And uh, to, th- th- that experience lasted about 15 minutes. We were just just incredibly touched, and uh, we, and you know, Paul went to the third heaven. Maybe we made it to the ceiling. But the bottom line is, it was a taste of heaven. It really was. I truly believe that. I, I have no fear of death. Uh, well, basically, uh, but after that, let's fast forward. If it's okay to 1989, Luann is dying of leukemia. Um, I called her on a Sunday. She was in Washington State at that point. I was in California. And I called her, and we had our sweet goodbyes. She could barely talk, and she <clears throat> she was on hospice. And uh, Wednesday, I'm reading in the Word and uh, praying for her. Of course, she's still alive. But um, I read Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. And it, it, it just so people should read that if they can. Hebrews 12, 22 through 24 You've come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, thousands of angels, and <clears throat> church of the firstborn, and all that wonderful, you know, view essentially of heaven. So I'm on uh, I'm on an airplane. So this was Wednesday. I read that, and I called her sister, and I said, "Read this to Lou because it's such a beautiful verse, and I know it's about heaven." And so uh, Hebrews twelve twenty two through twenty four. So Saturday, I'm on an airplane flying to Northern California to do women's meetings uh, the next day on Sunday two, and I uh, was sitting there very rough. Santa Ana winds, terribly rough. The, the pilot gets on and said, "Brace yourself." And I thought, oh, I hate wind. And I opened my daily light. And <laughs> I mean, in an airplane, you do when it's shaking on the ground. And in my daily light, it said, he will stay the rough wind in the day of the east wind. I just knew God was going to do a miracle. Sure enough, we flew. It was smooth as silk. The pilot actually got on and said, I don't know what happened. And I wrote him a note and told him what happened. That was like 10.30 Saturday morning. Okay, Sunday morning, I'm in this church where I was going to sing and Suddenly, uh, the preacher is saying, okay, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you know, congregation, you know, stand up. Um, we're, gonna, we're going to, you know, sing to the Lord this morning. We're surrounded by God's angels. And he said, lest you think I'm in some kind of cult, he said, read with me, if you will, Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. The same exact verses I had just called, you know, Luann's sister uh, the previous Wednesday to have her read it to... Luann, he was twelve twenty two through twenty four, and I knew I knew God was telling me that she was with him. And then, um, sure enough, the next day I got home and found out that she had died in her sister's arm. The exact time that I was in the airplane and God did the miracle, the miracle of the wind. <laughs> and so God just loves to to do these things if we have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to discern what is of God and what isn't of God. But it was just, he's so precious and he does seriously do wonders great and small in our lives if we only have a heart to believe, like Peter Pan, I believe, I believe. Well, he he wants to have our bruised child hearts restored so we can believe, you know. And I really, I'm so grateful that you, share that story in your book, but also grateful that we now have this platform because 
there's a lot of folks out there, and we find this throughout this show, that you'll hear a story like this, and it will call, recall to you an experience that you had with God. And it helps verify that, oh, I know what that mini freshness, I, I know what she's talking about being filled up with the wind. I know what that wind has to do with. I, I Yeah, I've experienced that. And so just as it said at the end of Matt Marr's song, which I dearly love, I'm alive because he lives. And now my story, if I can sing it, and here's your opportunity to call in with yours, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH, because your song can join the song that never ends, you see, like Anne's did. And I'm so grateful that you shared that. God bless you, Anne. I appreciate you calling oh, in. God yeah, bless right. you guys. Her book, which has lots of these stories, High from the Sky on the Road to Happily Ever After, I have a link there in the article at the end, or I will have it posted later today on ChristianCarGuy.com. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Robbie. God, God bless. bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Bob, getting back to the yard. <laughs> your neighbor, I understand, had an opportunity to, for an iconoclast, or was it your own? Oh, it was his, definitely, and uh, I was involved. He was having a little bit of difficulty with his transmission. And his truck, and uh, I believe it was a 96 Ford truck, F-150, and uh, several years ago. But we um, were, he said, Bob, jump in here and ride down, ride down the road with me. I want to see what you think. And um, we rode, and I was listening intently, and, and I says, I've got it. He says, really? He was just so excited. I says, yes, you need to crush this one. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just so outdone with me sometimes i cut up i tell him there's two kind of cars there's one that's flat and there's one that needs to be flat because we do a lot of crushing in the recycling part and and that's how i got into the business more than than having a vast amount of mechanical knowledge you know i came in on the crushing end of it and uh it just really got away with him. The day I was listening and just acting like I knew exactly what it was wrong with his vehicle. And, and when I suggested that he needed to crush it, he was just really outdone with me. I thought he was going to choke me there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's one, that's one way, obviously to, to solve any problem there is oh, to just problem solve. <laughs> but for those of us who are, you know, the last thing we want to consider, and that is one of my tra- cherished, my cherished icons is old red out there. So we were talking earlier that when you come to the, to any, you pull it place, whether it's in Washington or it's here in North Carolina, it, it, you know, if you can actually bring the car that you're working on and before you take it apart, there's an advantage in, in several different places because Often, right, Bob, people don't know what they actually have. And, and and so they come to the parts counter and their car is torn down. And now we can't get the needed information, like exactly which engine does this have? Or, you know, even within that engine, it might have two or three different kinds of alternators that are different amperage and stuff like that. Yes, sir. That that you can only tell. So if you actually before you disassemble <laughs> your car, if you have a pretty good idea of the component that it is that you're going to need to replace to actually bring it, it provides a wealth of information just to begin with. And then you have the advantage, like we talked about, about working on their car, practicing 
how this should be done, making sure you have the proper tools, <laughs> because I cannot even begin to explain how many, how much easier it is to do a job with the right tool than, than you can spend hours and hours and hours trying to get to that bolt that is just unreachable. Or, you know, if you're trying to pull your steering column and you're going to do that without a puller, good luck with that. I mean, you, you got a lot of shenanigans that you're going to have to go through in order to get to this thing that you thought was going to be so easy. Well, I can see the bolts right there. I can take those bolts out and it's going to come right off. It ain't necessarily like that, is it, Bob? It's exactly right, brother. It's just, uh, it's a little bit deceiving because you, what you can see, you know, may come apart really quick, but, uh, uh, (laughs) a lot of these jobs have, uh, that one hidden bolt that, uh, one little spring that's hooked to it or something. And, uh, it can change everything for you. And of course, anybody that's ever taken apart a a major component, like a transmission or rear axle and, you know, out comes this bearing that you think, well, that's no big deal. Well, the next thing you know, you've got 40,000 little pieces. <laughs> that are now the little flo- roller bearings <laughs> go everywhere. Floated all around. And so it, it's, it's good to access information either in a, a manual of some kind or there's some wonderful, helpful YouTube videos on things not to do. But there's nothing like having the voice of experience around you before you go jumping into this job and finding out that there's this iconoclast waiting for you to to shatter your cherished belief that you got this handled you got it under control because actually god does want to ride with us in so many of our life in order to help us make it this way and there's some of these parts you can take apart that are actually damaged some people want to take a strut apart and that spring can unload on you and and really ring a lot more coming up stay tuned moment god shattered your cherished belief you still have time to get your story in 866-348-7884 you're listening to christian car guy show and we want to hear your story 866-348-7884 we got my mom on the line and she has from illinois and she's got an iconoclast story for us this morning morning son good morning i'm excited to hear it This happened about 54 years ago when my father and I were first married and we were going to buy our first home and we needed a loan from your grandma and grandpa and they sent us the money and it was a a fairly large amount (laughs) and we went to the bank to secure the loan with this down payment and the banker was very pleasant, but he said, I'm sorry, but you, we have to have several days to cash this check, and we can't accept it as payment. <clears throat> well, needless to say, we were absolutely crushed, and I, I had always had it in mind, being a child of the Depression, that bankers had no heart at all. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <clears throat> He looked at the check again, and he said, 
who is this Herman Delmore? And <clears throat> your dad said, well, it's my father. And he said, well, I never knew a father that would write his son a hot check, so let's just forego that and we'll go ahead with the deal. <laughs> that blew my mind about bankers forever and ever. <laughs> So this banker was your iconoclast. It was a cherished belief that bankers were the cause of our woes. And now we well, now know that that's not necessarily the case with every banker. Well, and, I, you know, my belief was that they were all mean and stingy <laughs> because it had been very hard during the Depression to have and, any help. <laughs> and it's really, I've never heard that story, Mom, and I'm just glad to know my grandfather was, you know, I that grandpa was so generous at that point in your marriage. How cool was that? that oh, is, uh, yeah. He was always a generous man. I couldn't have had a better father-in-law. That's awesome. He was a neat guy. Okay. Honey. Thanks, Mom. God bless. I appreciate it. All right. Well, sometimes it's shattered that we think somebody's going to be bad and they're going to be good. How how might that work out in your life? Well, moving on to our appraisal by the Real Black Book, I promised that we we're going to talk about Second Corinthians 10, and that's where we're going. And that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. And I just want to talk about that from a standpoint of what it does say in 2 Corinthians 10. It says, we walk in the flesh. We do not walk, we do not war according to the flesh. And so was, although we walk this way, we got a war going on, and that's not in the flesh. It's a spiritual war. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Well, the interesting thing on, on this verse, I was reading this week that Charles Spurgeon mentioned that when Paul was writing this, he probably had in mind something called a Roman Corvus. And a Roman Corvus was a, a siege machine that they used against strongholds. So you got this great big wall that's built up that's Satan's has got a pack of lies. And they're, they're stones of lies that are built on a foundation of lies. And so as these go higher and higher, eventually you get to what is called a stronghold, which was like a tower that they used to defend their lies. And the Roman Corvus was this giant hook-like thing that swung on a, on a couple of posts, and then it had about, you know, 70 or 80 soldiers that would grab hold of rope so they would get a hook over behind a big stone and begin to pull down these huge rocks. So, you know, these people that were standing behind their wall, if, if you start pulling it down stone by stone, that big stronghold that's sitting on top of those stones, is it's coming down. I mean, that's, that's basically what's going on. And what Spurgeon said is that the corvus of Scripture is like that big grappling hook, you see. <laughs> it's got sharp spikes, and it can get into the mortar that's holding those stones together that scripture, you know, is already sharper than a two-edged sword and all that stuff, and it will get in there and begin to take these these things apart. So I have this last story that I wanted to share of Robbie's moment where my wife was my iconoclast because I had an opportunity to teach the Ham Sunday School class at our church many years ago, which was a class of about 150 people. And without even asking my wife, I immediately was just honored. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to teach. Yeah, I got a chance to teach the Ham Sunday School class. Oh, how cool is that? And I said yes before I ever asked my wife. And they immediately put it on the church bulletin that I was going to be voted for to teach the Ham Sunday School class. And it was like a done deal before I even went home and told my wife what I'd done. And so I get home. I said, honey, 
great news. <laughs> we're going to teach the ham Sunday school class. And she goes, no, we're not. I want to teach special needs. And I was like, what? You want to teach special needs here? I have all this Bible. And, 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 and she said, Robbie, I don't want to be in a Sunday school class. I want to be amongst people like that. This is where I want to be, and I want to be with you. I don't want you to be over there in the ham Sunday school class, me be somewhere else, and I wish you would go visit the special needs class. So I go visit this class, and it's adult people with special needs, and many of them didn't talk, and they're swinging at the air, and they're moaning, and they're looking out the window, and I'm like, wow, I can't, you know, this is really making me uncomfortable. I can't do this. This is this is not Robbie. I, You know, I... I've got all this Bible knowledge. I can need to share it with somebody, you know? And um, I had this men's group. And I went to the men's group with my dilemma that my wife did not want me to teach the ham Sunday school class. And that I felt like, you know, this is, this is where I needed to be. And this old missionary by the name of Archie Jones looks me dead in the eye. And he says, he has a little scripture with him. He's got a corvus. It's fixed to pull this rock right off my daggum wall. <laughs> and looks at me and he says, Robbie, under the least of these, my brother. And the moment he said that to me, I knew exactly what it was he was talking about. So I, the teacher had asked me to teach the next class, which was how to do the, the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. And I immediately started asking God, okay, God, how do I teach something like honor to people that don't speak? How do I relate this? How do I teach, you know, so... God revealed to me through the Holy Spirit that, wow, when you kneel, it's showing honor. And, and so I went in, and, and again, these folks are, they're not talking, and they're looking out the window, and they're making an involuntary moment, and it's really kind of creeping me out, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think I was doing anything, and I get down on my knee, and I show them what it is, and I think, and nobody seems to be paying attention, I just think I've done all this for nothing, until the parents showed up. And when those parents showed up that day, those kids went down on a knee without anybody saying anything and the tears started to come from the parents well it didn't take long and the tears were coming from Robbie and God had iconoclasted me into the next century by helping my wife in that I now realized that it is under the least of these my brother he had a thing yeah Bob um, the biggest iconoclast situation I've ever been in is has to be when Rob died because I just assumed that that was just the worst thing that could ever happen and nothing good could ever come out of it and you know it's just there was no way to recover from that but immediately I mean immediately God gave me strength and began to show me where he was headed with this and what he had in mind for me and uh, the plans he had lined up for my life and uh so I got the big eye opener and the big, uh, Bob, you really don't know what you're talking about. I've got this. Follow me. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to the Christian Car Guys show. Remember, Jesus said, or walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years, so slow down. And how about this week? Cast down some of those lives with the Corvus of Scripture. you got to get in it and check it out. And allow God to be your iconoclast. Thanks for listening.